Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It was not a banner Holy Week in the Eilert House this year. A stomach bug and strep throat in a house along with an ER visit for my finger that had to run in with one of my saws, it lost. Of course, culminated with me missing Easter Sunday here at Prince of Peace. It was definitely not what I had in mind for this first Easter when things are finally starting to feel more opened up once again. But in some ways, there's something fitting about this particular Easter being completely different. Because while we have many impulses to say, let's get back to normal, we also know that we never really can go back. We were at Chick-fil-A last week, and I was standing by the entrance watching their operations. And before the pandemic, it was basically either drive-through or eat-in. Now it seems about half is drive-through and the rest seemingly split between dine-in, mobile pickup, and DoorDash. Things have shifted. And while things can get back to some semblance of normal, they will never be just like they were before. And of course, there is good and bad in all of it. President Obama gave an address at Stanford this week that's getting some buzz about accentuating some of the negatives around social media and the proliferation of disinformation in our society today. He reminds us that we have choices about how things can change. To do so, he endorsed what we think is too extinct these days, a bipartisan bill in part introduced by our own Rob Portman here in Ohio that would require social media companies to share certain platform data and allow vetting from independent researchers. But what I found interesting from the message for today is the balance in the speech between the bleak and the hopeful. Obama was clear on the one hand at pointing out that disinformation that can now find wider audiences through social media platforms that incentivize extremes in their algorithms is, quote, turbocharging some of humanity's worst impulses. But he was also yet hopeful, reminding us that while today's social media has a grimness to it, he said, we're and we're so fatalistic about the steady stream of bile and vitriol that's out there, but it doesn't have to be that way, he said. Social media is a tool. And at the end of the day, he said, tools don't control us, we control them. And it's up to each of us to decide what we value and then use the tools we've been given to advance those values. I think this balance in this speech is something for us to pay attention to in this moment in this world. Because the pace of change is ever quickening and can be disturbing. And it's disturbing because change is far from universally good. There is much that is shifting in our world that should concern us and give us pause. Yet at the same time, 
We trust that God's future has been unleashed in the resurrection of Jesus, and so restoration is on the way. The world is being restored with grace and peace through the love and grace of Jesus. Therefore, we do not cling to the present. We lean into the future, embracing the good and doing our part to join Jesus in the restoration of the world. In our gospel lesson for today, we meet Mary again at the tomb. Everything was upended in Mary's life and the life of the disciples on that Friday. Their hopes for a new day in Israel had been dashed when Jesus died on the cross. But here he was alive, and so Mary clings to Jesus. He's not dead. We can go back to the way things were. But Jesus knows the truth. He did die. And he now emerges on the other side of death into a new way of being in this world. Mary could not cling to the old. But that was okay. Because it was precisely this new thing that God was doing in the resurrection of Jesus that would truly change the world. So I was lying on my couch last Saturday feeling sorry for myself because I felt so terrible physically and emotionally. I knew that I was about to miss the Easter celebration here that I had been anticipating. I was certainly clinging to the old. We'd lost so much over the last years, and this was this first Easter where I could cling to the old and it was flying by me. I'd miss it. I was missing Easter. Then I rolled over on the couch and I looked up, and if you can see this slide here, this is what I saw as I looked up out the window. A beautiful blue spring sky and buds on the tree. Spring was coming. Easter was coming. New life was coming no matter how I felt. And then a little later, Mary Ellen sent me the video of my daughter Margaret singing before the baptism on Saturday night. The tear dripped down my cheek, a little because I wasn't there to see it, but more because of the joy of experiencing resurrection, love, and peace in that moment, even if I wasn't there. Easter came. The resurrection happened in spite of any obstacles. The power of God's life and love overcomes all, so we can't get stuck in the disappointment of now. We can't be caught clinging to the cloak of what has been. God's will is on the way. Hope, love, peace will find their way despite any human attempts to thwart them. We live our lives as Christians trusting the power of God's love to transform the world. In our story from Acts for today, we hear the story of the conversion of Paul And of course, the the focus is usually on Paul, but today I hope, as I shared with the kids, you hear that story of Ananias that is embedded within it. Ananias knew all about Paul. He knew the danger that he represented, the hate he evoked. And so Ananias questions the wisdom of what he hears in this vision. Paul? Him? Really? I've heard about the kind of monster that he is. That sounds way too dangerous. He's beyond help. Isn't there someone a little safer that you can use? Ananias was clinging to the old. 
He was struggling to let go of it, to embrace the new thing that God was about to do. But the Lord reassures him in a vision, and he goes, and transformation does, in fact, take place. Resurrection happens once again. In our other lesson for today, from the beginning of the book of Revelation, we are reminded of the identity of God that shapes our vision of the world. God is Alpha and Omega. God is the one who was and who is and who is to come. The one who is love was there in the beginning, is here now, and is out there before us in the future. So we do not need to simply cling to what was and what is. We can release it. We can walk into the future confident that God's love awaits us out there as well. I had another reminder of that this week. In addition to the issues in our own house, our extended family issues included my father-in-law being hospitalized with COVID. He didn't have a terrible case, but he had pre-existing lung conditions that led him to need additional oxygen. So while I may have been miserable on my couch for Easter, my poor father-in-law Barry was in a hospital bed. He got home this week to back to the senior living facility where he's been for the last several years, and the significant fact about that was that he told Suzanne, my wife, that when he got home, everything was fine, all of his friends were coming to check in on him. Pastor Lauren and I went to eat this week with uh, Pastor Julie, the new pastor at Epiphany in Centerville, and we came to figure out that she knows my father-in-law, Barry, because he served as a mentor to her dad when he went to live in that same community in Columbus. Now, when Suzanne's mom died and Barry went to live at Wesley Glen, he spent the first few months not particularly engaged in the community. He lived there, but rarely engaged with others and hardly ate a meal there. He would brag about how few meals he had had in the dining room. And he could have stayed that way, just simply said, I'm getting closer to the end of my life. I'm just going to cling to the past and let that be it. But when COVID hit and he couldn't go anywhere, he was drawn into the community there. And if he had gotten sick with COVID when all this began, and it wouldn't have been a problem with the spread because he rarely interacted with others. But now when he got sick and the director asked him, well, have you been with anybody? He said, well, who haven't I been with already this week? Working in the dining hall, checking in with everybody as they're there, going to committee meetings to hire the new activity director, which is actually where he got the COVID. No, God is doing a new thing in Barry's life. And it's a beautiful thing to see him being embraced and embracing that community. And God's blessing him and blessing others through that new connection, through the new life that he has found there. Resurrection is alive and well at Wesley Glen. Throughout this Easter season, we're going to be exploring some specific things that get in the way of our ability to embrace the resurrection life. Fear, cynicism, pride, guilt, they are all represented in these post-resurrection stories and the stories in the book of Acts from the early church. Yet the love of God overcomes them all with resurrection power. 
And we'll be challenged to think about the spring cleaning that God can do in our own lives to empower us to lean more fully into this power in the world. And we'll continue to be inspired by the stories of refugees in resettlements and women on the central plateau in Haiti that represent this power every day in their own stories of transformation that we want to empower this season through our giving. We are excited for this Easter season to not cling to what we know, but rather to embrace the new thing that God is about to do among us. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.